Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Luke 9, 28, 29. One, two, three, go. KJV. And it came to pass about an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. Hear this. He says, and as he prayed, ah, yeah, yeah, something happened. As he prayed, and as you've been praying, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. Now, that's King James English. Let's see what the NLT says. About eight days, Later, Jesus took Peter, John, and James up on a mountain to pray. And as he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed. That's the word I'm looking for. The appearance of his face was transformed. And his clothes became dazzling white. That word transformed is metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. That is likened to the transformation that begins with, I believe it's egg, lava, pupa, and then ultimately butterfly. By the time it becomes a butterfly, there is no correlation with what the butterfly was. My God. Ay, yeah, 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 yeah. So prayer has the power. Ay, yeah. Oh, come on. I, gotta, I, gotta. I feel like jumping. You don't know what I'm seeing. Prayer has the power to so change you that what you become has no correlation. Oh, my God. I want to go home. No correlation with who you once were. So this morning, I want to share with you <laughs> the transformational power of prayer. My God. The transformational power of prayer. Our Father and our God, it is truly unto you that we're gathered again today. <laughs> I beseech you, our Father, to take a coal of fire from the altar of heaven. Place upon the lips of this son of yours that today I will come to these your people on sight and online with the word from the throne of grace. Let devils be terrified. Let Jesus alone be glorified and let the saints be edified. We'll vow to give you the praise and the glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. Reach out to your neighbor and tell them the transformational power of prayer. 
Woo! Oh boy. How do I begin? Tolino is hot, eh? Ah, yeah, yeah. Dearly beloved of the living God, nothing quite changes and transforms a person as a life of consistent prayer and the study of the word of the Lord. Prayer does not only change things, it does change things. Because God is a prayer answering God. Call upon me and I will answer. And go on to show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. Prayer provokes answers. Prayer provokes a showing forth, a revealing or an unveiling from God. It changes things around you. But most definitely, prayer also changes you. When a man prays, his life changes. There is a refreshing, there is a renewing, there is a revitalization, there is a quickening, there's a revival that goes on. When you pray, pray men look fresh. Pray men have their vigor, their vitality renewed in the place of prayer. Saints, because Satan knows the existence that a life of prayer and the study of God's word greatly weakens and neutralizes his forces, his weaponry. A life of prayer, a life of the study of God's word. It extinguishes the darts of hell. It neutralizes the forces of darkness. It builds a buffer, a bulwark round about you so that when the enemy throws his darts, his evil bazookas and AK-47, somehow you are insulated in a wall of fire because prayer brought that. Prayer. Hmm. Beloved, there can be no true victory for the saint, for the believer, who does not make both prayer both the study of God's word a priority in his life as a matter of fact top priority failure doom gloom destruction they are inevitable in a life of a person who is not engaged in both prayer and the word we see a particular incident in Acts chapter 6 where the church began to grow on account of revival. Oh boy. Growth, expansion oftentimes is the result of revival. Thankfully so. <laughs> but you see, what brings revival is what will sustain revival. Oh boy. <laughs> the revival that is brought by prayer can only be sustained by prayer. Are you here? Are you here? Are you here? Praise God. The church began to grow. And there was a contention between the Hebrew women who were widows and the Greek who were widows. 
uh, one complained, we have a short ration of the food. <laughs> they have more than us. There was an argument because the church grew. And so it became necessary for the apostles to set in place a system that will ensure not only the present growth, but also make room for added growth. But what the devil, Shotakana, wanted to achieve by the growth is to distract the leadership of the church. My God. Oh boy, help me Lord. What was it? There was a source of the fire. Kandaya. The source of the fire was the word and prayer. Two wings of a plane that guarantees flight. The word and prayer. The church began to grow. Complaint amongst the people. And the tendency is for those who were engaged in the word and prayer to live here and to come down where you are and begin to serve tables. Give your rice, plantain, a wedu bokoto, erotoda. For those who are online, that's just my lingua for nice stuff you eat, the nice meat, all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? The juicy stuff. But you see, were they to have done that, Kondaya, the source of power will be short-circuited. After a while, this will become religion. This will no longer be a movement. It will become a monument. Many ministries began as a movement. I can name them, but I refuse to. If you know the kind of revival that took place in many ministries that become denominations today, you'll be amazed how they began. Radical fire revival. My God. But you see, the devil's plan is cut short the supply of power. When the supply of power to your residence is cut short, something happens. The appliances in your house no longer can function, not because they are malfunctioning, but they have no power to ignite them. You have refrigerators, air conditioners, you have iron, you have water fountains, you have your TV, your radio, but all of a sudden, you can't use them because there's no power. Ha. Have you heard in those, uh, some part of Nigeria when uh, PHCN takes power? And you hear around the end, have vicinity, Nepal. You know, they haven't left Nepal. It's the PSA, but they just Nepal we know. Say Nepal. Why are they shouting? Because I can't use my TV. I can't play my music. I can't iron my clothes. Though I have them in good functionality, but there's no power. So the devil's plan in the lives of believers is be born again all you want to be born again. Go to church, clap all you want to clap, but as long as I succeed in terminating your source of power, you are inactive. I'm preaching myself happy. My God. 
And he said, we must watch it. So the apostles said, hey, hey, we know we're enjoying revival, best growth, but the enemy is trying to sneak into this movement. He said, it is not good that we leave the cooking pot, the sauce of what? The word and what? Prayer. However, we're going to institute a system, a culture, if you like, that will ensure the groove is sustained, well taken care of, but the source is not tampered. Are you still here? Praise the Lord, somebody. Access for, but we will give ourselves how? Oh boy, continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So therefore, believers, there's what is called the tyranny of the urgent over the important. Which means your time seeks to be consumed not necessarily with and by the things that you know are important to your life, but rather the things that appear urgent. Urgent. Many times, things that claim to be urgent are not quite important. Are you here? Are you here? So he uses activities to distract us from the important activities. No. So it's not sending devils, demons, he's not fighting you. No. He's created an atmosphere, if you allow him, for your source of power to be short-circuited. If he succeeds, you are weak. You're insipid. You're frail. You're frigid. You're lame duck waiting to be devoured by the enemy. Because you lack the power. You lack the strength to resist him. It takes power to resist and power to overcome. It takes strength to overcome. But he's looking for ways to short circuit your source. Your source is prayer. Your source is the word. Now, look at your life. You find that somehow or the other, it, it just looks like when you want to study, everything becomes busy around you. For many people, or for some people, your Bible seems to be the right thing that gets you to sleep. You couldn't sleep, but pick up your Bible, you sleep. I'm saying, you're standing with not sleeping, uh, you sleep off. That's the devil. You pray two minutes, and you think it's normal. Oh no, oh no. You see, the devil understands it's easier to fight you at your base than when you're strong. I don't know whether you're listening to me. So therefore, the apostle said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Logic. We must determine in this season going forward. We, as a family, will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the word. Look, there were two sisters, lovely sisters. One called Martha, one called Mary. The story is found in Luke 10, 38 to 41. You know the story, I presume. Martha was such a wonderful lady. You know, she's those kind of 
caring women that just don't over you. They just, you want water? You want juice? You want, you want, oh, pastor, what do you want? Oh, papa, papa, what do you want? Ah, ah, what, what do you want? What do you, what do you, you know, I mean, Martha looks nice. I want to see some Marthas that will look after, you know, the visitors. But Jesus gave an illustration with these two people. <clears throat> it came a point in time where Martha became so busy. KJV says, Martha, Martha, thou art encumbered with much serving. Another version says, you've become anxious through service. <laughs> Anxiety has set in when you're doing something you know is good. You're not in the brothel. You're not sinning. You're not in the nightclub. <clears throat> or what looks like it for crying out loud. Gee, help me, Lord. Some parties are just kanda kuparata kamas. Ayasakatabara. Keep my soul sanctified. Hallelujah. All right. Martha wasn't sinning in that sense, but she was busy. Busy doing what? Busy doing nothing. And I just say, there are some of us as believers, we think we are active. We think. But I tell you, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of eternity, you are not productive. Better check your life. Check what consumes your time. My sisters can spend two, three, four hours changing their hair. Pa, 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 pa. Peruvian, Brazilian, Chinese. Whatever name. Not here, outside. We are revived, revived sisters. Not for you. But you know, some sisters in the world can spend two, three hours on a Saturday in a saloon and it's not a biggie. But when they are called to pray for two hours, it's too long now. Now we can, not here, outside. We are revival. We are in the house of revival. Right? We pray long here. Not here. So I'm not preaching to you. We are saints. But the point I'm making is, oh, shakobet, the things that feed your flesh looks like they are not hard to do. They, they, oh, mama, mama, have you been on that telephone conference for one hour and it looked like 10 minutes? Have you gone online, social media? Let me just check my IG for two minutes. By the time you check the time, two minutes became one hour. I'm going to say, oh, one hour. Doing what? Be, 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 be. Birthday. Hey, hello. Hey, hey, BD. Happy birthday. Ka, 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 ka. Ah, it's all that does it. Happy anniversary. Ka, ka, ka. One hour. But one hour, you find a struggle to pray in tongues daily. Just raka, pa, pa, ka. For one hour. It's too much. It's too much. Don't you see there is a mission of the enemy in the lives of believers? Please smell the coffee. If you get this, your life will be changed radically before the devil shoot his dad his first dad is to weaken your strength so when the dad is finally shot you lack the strength the resilience to resist him the bible talks about the enemy we are to resist him steadfastly in the faith if you have not built up faith muscles faith stamina through prayer through study when he shoots his dart you're a prey that will not be your portion in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ the word 
and prayer. Jesus said to Martha, 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 you're careful and troubled about many things. Hear this. He says, Mary, your sister, hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. What is the good part? She sat at the feet of Jesus. She looked lazy and idle. But she was soaking in the word. Oh boy. She was taking in the word. Because that is the only substance that can overcome the enemy. Please listen real good. The world is getting more difficult and tough. I tell you, yeah, yeah, yeah. help me Lord with time. It's going to take the tough in Christ to get going in our day, in our age. The world don't bad, as it were. But our joy and our confidence is this. 2 Corinthians 2.14 for believers who are walking right. Now, thanks be unto God who always without fail causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. But you have to be rightly positioned in the word and in the spirit and in prayer. Even Jesus was tempted three times. And the words that came out of Jesus thrice, it is written. Boom. He backed down. Second temptation. It is written. Boom. He backed down. It is written. Boom. He left him alone. Ha. So if you don't know for sure what is written for sure, when the enemy knocks on your door with some kind of silly disease that the doctor said he claimed he saw, you will very, very, very sorrowful embrace that to think it's your lot. Not knowing that there are things seen and things unseen. And the Bible tells us we are sure we are not to look no, 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 no. We are not to look at what? The things seen. That means we are not to agree with the facts of life. <laughs> the facts of life is that the world is going through a difficult moment. But the truth for believers is in the midst of darkness. In the midst of gross darkness coming upon the people of the earth. Guess what? There will be a people. There will be a generation whom the light of God is shining upon. As the Bible says, arise and shine. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. That's your Lord. <laughs> what happens to those around you is not your Lord. We hold the truth, not the facts. Are you still here? Give me three hallelujahs. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Beloved, I want to really challenge you to take advantage of this season of fasting and prayer to refocus, to reprioritize your life in such a way that you become ready to make your best year so far ever I know amen you don't believe that I want to believe it hallelujah the Bible declares in Matthew 6:33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. As we make the king and his kingdom and his righteousness our priority, all other things have been added to us. That is to say, you and I ought to make Jesus our number one in this year beyond. Our numero uno, our number one. First, beyond, above all else. I want to challenge you going forward to make efforts to prioritize the investment of your time. Investment of your talents, your skills. You ought to be a part of the workforce. Thank God for your involvement in this great house. But there are blessings of those who serve. Don't just be a bench warmer. Serve with your time, with your skill, with your energy. Life is given you as a gift to serve the Lord. You are alive not to consume space, but to serve and to worship him. Also, serve God with your treasure, your money. Let your money go in the direction where your heart is. Presumably, the kingdom. Because your money will flow in the direction of where your heart is. Serve the Lord. Prioritize. Don't give to any man what you can't give to God. Let God come first. Before anyone else. Anything else. Beloved. Prayer is a mighty weapon made available to the saints. Again, I emphasize. There is nothing. No one. The devil fears as a man of prayer and a man of the word. Nothing, no one fears. As a man of the word, man of prayer. Beloved, prayer does many things in our lives. There are different kinds of prayer. Worship, thanksgiving, intercession, petition, supplication, many of them. Warfare prayers, all kinds of prayer. But you see, in my mind, I believe that one of the most important purposes of prayer, please don't miss this, is for the believer to engage in the communion with the Father God. And the word communion comes from the same root as communication, which is commune, communion, communication. It's not a monologue, it's a dialogue. Oh boy. When you commune with somebody heart to heart, words to words, there's an exchange of heart. And what begins to happen is, there is a transparency between you and who you're communing with. Or if you like, fellowshipping with. So that you exchange your things with the persons and vice versa. What happens? Ultimately, intimacy builds up. Wow. And the greatest thing a believer ought to desire to pursue are not things. No, sir. No, ma'am. No. Is to pursue intimacy. Because the one that knows God has access to the things of God. Are you here? Roger, are you here? Give me three fire baptized. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. So prayer is given to us to help us build intimacy. You see, 
Intimacy with God will bring you to a vantage point where God will divulge what the Bible calls his secrets. Aha. Psalm 25, 14 says that the secrets of God are with them that fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Oh boy. So intimacy makes for a showing. When a friend is going to travel or a person is going to travel, he doesn't announce to the whole world, I'm going to Lagos. I'm going to, you know, no, no. Within a bubble of people who you consider as intimate, ah, pastor, I'm going to Lagos on assignment. You don't announce it on, on the airwaves. You have a sense of duty to one that you feel you're intimate with. Your wife should know where you are per time. Especially if you're Roger. I'm not sure it's the same for every husband. You're here, you're there, you're there. Business, politics, but, but she can't tell where you are. Praise God, somebody. That is based on intimacy. Do you know what it means to have the privilege to have audience with the God of all flesh? Hey! The father of all spirits. The creator of the heavens and the earth. I, me, flesh and blood can have audience. I can commune with Abba Father. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. <laughs> Find grace and help in the time of, that is one of the greatest treasures God gave you. Prayer. That builds intimacy. Stay with me. You begin to see that prayer is one of the channels of engaging in a genuine and a lasting transformation of your soul. Say with me, my soul. Say with me, my soul. Listen. Please, don't miss the next few minutes. Don't miss it. Let your spirit come alert. Your soul is not the same thing as your spirit. Do you hear me? Please listen carefully. This will bring deliverance to somebody. Your soul is not the same as your spirit. The Bible says, please write down, take note, when the Bible class. First, Thessalonians 5.23 First Thessalonians 5.23 I want to read from the NLT Now may the God of peace my God make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. My, 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 my. So we see here that man is a trinity of sorts. Is that there? Is that there? Thank you. I'm a call and a response preacher. Three things were mentioned there. Spirit, what? Soul and what? Body. So we've been taught 
that you are a spirit you have a soul <laughs> and you live in what in a physical body oh boy so what my clothes is to my body today is what my body is to my soul all right and by extension what my soul is to my spirit so there is spirit there is soul and there's body is that correct it is the understanding of the tripartite nature of man that helps you to better understand listen carefully please the doctrine of salvation say with me the doctrine of salvation it means your spirit can be saved and your soul can be saved and your body can be saved is that correct good but also it also means that your spirit can be saved and your soul may not be saved and your body may not be saved really is that true very true very true when you became born again and you perhaps walked up the altar to be saved as we know it to be I received Jesus into my heart what we call the sinner's prayer what happened then is this your spirit man based on scripture was recreated into a new creature Please write down 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. All have become new. All have become of God. Yeah. But you see, quite interestingly, your soul did not enjoy that kind of transformation that is sudden and instant as your spirit did. Is that correct? Is that sound doctrine? Very sound. Let's go to John 3. Ah. The encounter of Jesus with a man called Nicodemus. John 3, 1 to 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Please listen, Except a man be born again, he cannot what? What's in your Bible? What? Cannot see the kingdom of God. So there is such a thing as seeing the kingdom. Alright? We go to verse 4, four down. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of what? Water and what? And the spirit. He cannot what? What? Is that your Bible? He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, which is of spirit. spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. So, my God, there is the seed of the kingdom. Step one. 
And there's the entering of the kingdom. Step two. So therefore, it is possible to see the kingdom you fail to enter. How many spies saw Canaan? How many? I'm by the Bible now. They saw it. How many eventually adults who have entered Canaan? So you can see and not enter. All right. <laughs> ah, yeah, 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 yeah. This truth will change you radically if you get it. So, what does it mean to enter the kingdom of God? Well, Jesus said two things are requisite. Number one, to be born of water, to be born of the Spirit. So we understand spirit, but what is water? Please write down Ephesians 5. I'm giving you scriptures. I know why. So that nobody will confuse you after this. Ephesians 5, 25, 27. He says, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with washing of water. By the word. Is that there? Come on. By the washing of water, what? By the word. Yeah? That he might present it to himself a close church. Not having spot, wrinkle, any sort of thing. But it should be holy. Without so, the water is the word. Are you here? So we can rightly, without um, changing the meaning of the text, in what Christ said, except a man be born of the word and be born of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Wow. Praise God. That simply means entering the kingdom requires a measure of spiritual growth, maturity, discipleship, where? Into Christ-like image. Ay, ay, yeah. Ay, ay, yeah. Let me make a statement very clear. Don't confuse or mistake the salvation of your spirit with the salvation of your soul. Let's go to the Bible. Philippians 2, 12, 13. You can see I'm very deliberate showing scriptures line upon line. Precept upon precept. Philippians 2, 12, 13. Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. What is it? Work out your own salvation. What? With fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now, this was to the church in Philippi. They were born again Christians. But Apostle Paul said, hey, when you got born again, Christ came into your spirit. But your responsibility throughout your sojourn on the earth, guess what? Is to cooperate with the Christ in your spirit. <laughs> to work out what God walked in. Oh boy. And he says to you, it's not by power, not by might. He said, I am one walking in you, causing to will and to do of the good place. Therefore, it's not a matter of legalism. Is a matter of cooperating with the spirit and the word. Are you here? I know that 
It's not a shouting message, but it's life-transforming message. I know so. Beloved, my heart really, really is burdened for the state of the souls of many so-called believers. Many who have been in church for so long, but somehow or the other, their souls have not enjoyed the growth, the conversion that it ought to have and could have enjoyed to bring them to the place of victory as believers. So you see many professing born-again believers, different places, in many churches, but their conduct, their words, their deeds, their behavior, perhaps misbehavior, makes you wonder, how saved are you? I feel like crying, if you know what I'm saying. Um, may believers not be surprised on the last day. For Jesus said in Matthew 7, 21 thereabout, there are those who call me Lord, Lord. But I will say to them, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Number one, it could be they called him Lord, Lord, not born again. But it's also possible, like the five foolish virgins, they're virgins, five wise, that perhaps they had a, a sense of being in church, around church, and all the days that they said, I'm born again, and they believe they were. But yet, Jesus said, I never knew. Saints, we need to strive to take seriously discipleship, Christ-like discipleship, determining to grow, to be more like Jesus with every day. Our words, our thoughts, by engaging the word, engaging the spirit, Engage in prayer. Three weapons. The word, prayer, and the Holy Ghost. It was said that as Jesus prayed, his countenance changed. As we pray, our lives change from inside outward. Oh boy. One of the things that God gave us to do with prayer is to identify certain areas of struggles in our lives. You're fasting and praying now. Can you identify certain areas that you know you need God's intervention? Pick them one by one in prayer. Wrestle with them until you become transformed into another man. Prayer. 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 Father, thank you. The Bible says, by their fruit you shall know them. It means the fruit produced in our churches today, including Roger. Oh boy. It's an indication of what has been taught and preached. Are you here? Oh. So if the church of this day and age are where we are today, it must be an indication we need to change or at least consider 
reconsider what is being fed to the church. By their fruit you shall know them. Are you here? Because a realignment with sound doctrine, sound theology will produce mature believers. People who, people will know of a truth. You are a child of God and the fruits are evident. The time is up. I have so much to say. But my simple question I leave with you today is how saved are you? How saved are you? I close with this. Righteousness is a gift that God gives you at new birth. It's a gift. It's a gift. You don't earn it. You don't work for it. It's a gift. So you have access to come boldly. It's a gift. It's a garment. It's a gift. But sanctification and holiness. Please don't ever forget this thing in your life. I beg you. Let me rewind. Righteousness is a gift God gives the child of God as a new birth. It's a gift. Guess what? Sanctification. Holiness is not a gift from God. Listen. It is a gift you give to God. Did you get that? Get that. So engaging in a life of sanctification, a life of consecration, a life of devotion is a gift you present to him. Rise up on your feet. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I want us to partake of the Lord's table this day. Jesus said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part of me. As we eat this day, we draw strength from him to be more like him, to become transformed, translated into Christ-likeness. I want you where you are to embrace and make a commitment that you go beyond shallow waters. In this season, this year, the mandate is to know him, be strong and do exploits. Can you ask God for grace? Grace, grace. Remember, it's not legalistic. He's the one walking in you, causing you to will and to do of this good pleasure. Cooperate with the Spirit, the Word and prayer. Father, we'll thank you. If you're here, you're not born again, I want to lead you to Christ this day. It's a great honor and privilege if you give me that honor. Will you pray with me? I'm in this room and those logged on online, pray together with me. Heavenly Father, let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I give you thanks and praise for the honor to stand before you. Jesus, Lamb of Glory, forgive me all of my sins. I embrace you this hour as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for grace to love you, to live for you all of my days. In the name of Jesus Christ, as I eat of your flesh, drink of your blood, infuse into me life and light. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Amen. Our Father, we thank you for the honor of knowing you. Ah, no man can come to the Father except you draw such a one. We're honored to have been drawn to you. We ask for a release of that strength to help us to walk 
in the patterns that Jesus walked on the earth that we may resemble him and by so doing our lives will draw many to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we receive the blessings upon the table of covenant health and strength vigor vitality in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ Amen we believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.